Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we're going to talk a little main roster WWE leading into Hell in a Cell. We're going to talk about a bunch of Best of the Super Juniors talking into the final night of the Best of the Super Juniors. It was chalk pretty much, but it still should be good. We're going to kick things off with an amazing match or two at Double or Nothing leading into Dynamite. That's and maybe a surprise or two this week. On the Band from Ringside podcast. Oh, driving the car real good. I still got two hands on this bitch. Don't even trip. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to fill live. Hello, Marks, and welcome for another edition of the Band from Ringside podcast. I'm your special guest host, JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell, a.k.a. It's hot it's hot in Smart's Kitchen, but I'm still frostbitten. And we got some special guests this week. So let's kick it up north to Madison, Wisconsin. We're bringing him in from The View, from the Top Rope Podcast. I owed him one, so now I'm paying one back. I'm still down one. Welcome Diesel from The View from, from, the, View from the Top Rope Podcast. V- Diesel, what's going on? Tell me something good. Oh, man, it's going good here. Uh, you're driving this car very well. I feel safe in the back seat, but I'm still buckled up, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, please buckle up because that's the rules of the law of the land. And out there in Cincinnati, Ohio, a.k.a. Cincy, a.k.a. the Natty, a.k.a. the Queen City, a.k.a. the Queen of the West, a.k.a. the Blue Chip City, a.k.a. the City of the Seven Hills. We have never had him on before, but he's might have one of the more popular podcasts on visionary global media this is brett from the brain buster boys brett tell me something good talk to me well that intro was very good uh that was excellent the city of seven hills yes i'm actually right across the river in newport kentucky but 10 minutes from downtown Cincinnati. And you forgot to mention uh, Super Bowl runner-up, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, shocking everyone okay. this year. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, see, you want to go down that road. Okay, see, see I was going to try to be nice, but since you brought hey. it up, I'm assuming, Diesel, okay. you're a uh, Green Bay Packer fan? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, um, so... But I, I was- I was behind Cincinnati, though, for sure. Oh, I'm sure. That's that's cool. See, I'm a, I'm a, a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so I got beef with both of you jokers uh, off the jump. Okay. Okay. Well, so, hey, us Cincinnati sports fans can rarely have nice things, so we so didn't you, even get the win, but, uh, it, <laughs> but you, it was you still selling, a, a fun ride. <laughs> you selling them, bad, uh, not the, the the books, or okay, the table books for your or your Super Bowl runner-up. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> Classic Cincinnati, ladies and gentlemen. We're mad because we can't get a good quarterback and slide into the playoffs. These jokers put books on tables and celebrate the Super Bowl runner-up. You make the call, boys and girls. And then on that lovely note, allow us to bow our heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside Podcast, Volume 259, Chapter 3, Verse 14, and the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. Let's take care of some business first before we talk some good stuff. Obviously, this is a little different because... 
Bill and Two Beer are both gone. Bill is gone to fish. I'm not sure when the fish show is. I just pray that he makes it back in one piece. Zach is doing some straight up work. He is doing the dad thing as well. So they have the week off. I said to myself, self, what are we going to do about 259? What can we do about 259? I don't want to talk an hour by myself, an hour and a half. I mean, damn, the last time I did it, my voice almost gave away. And then all of a sudden, the light bulb came on. Ding! I was like, I got two spots. I know I owe Diesel a spot, so here's Diesel on my left. But then on my right-hand side, I was like, you know what? Brett and I had a conversation about doing some New Japan at some point. And Best of the Super Juniors is happening as we speak. Man, sometimes my powers are so good, it scares me sometimes. So this was what we're going to do. We got two new guys. They know the drill. It's not going to be anything different. It's just going to be two new voices. We're going to exchange some ideas, maybe have an argument or two. Eh, we'll see what happens. But on that lovely note, let's get to that three count. We're going to start with the guest, obviously. Diesel, you got the one count. Kick it off. What's the one count? Okay, uh, one count. We're talking about AEW. Sunday was double or nothing in Las Vegas. Uh, we did an ex- er, we did a full review of the show on DFTR 2.0 this week, so I don't, I'm not going to get too deep into it. If you want to hear like my full thoughts on it, go and tune into that. But uh, well, well, we'll touch on it a little bit. Yeah, for sure. We're going to um, touch on it. So uh, first, glaring thing that like is a negative for me is the show was five hours long. It's like, I I can get to like three hours and then I start like reaching this point sometimes where it's like, especially with like an AEW show where there's a lot of non wrestling mixed in. I get to the point where it's like, dude, I want to go to bed. Like I I got work in the morning. (laughs) So, and I'm watching it live. And so like, first thing is five hour show. Second thing is this uh, bleacher report app. It needs to go. They need to they need to do something else. Like they need to stream it on HBO Max or some shit like that. But yeah, that's that was those were my most negative things from this show. I mean, otherwise overall, I thought the show was great. They could have taken a couple matches off the show. Like I thought, for instance, the Kyle O'Reilly Darby Allen match. It was a great match, but like they just threw it on the show on Rampage with like no prior build. They could have like they could have done this match on Dynamite rather than first match at the pay-per-view. Stuff like that really bugged me. Uh, I gave it a total of B-minus just because of the length of the show really kind of detracted how I felt about it at the end. But if they would have taken a couple matches off, this card would have been super solid and easily would have gotten an A. Brett, thoughts on Double or Nothing? Yeah, Diesel, I totally agree with both of those thoughts. Too long for sure. And then, yeah, the O'Reilly-Darby match. And then I think the the six or the trios match with Lambert's team against uh, Sammy's team, those were both added like two days before the show. And they didn't need to be there. The show was already stuffed as it is. And, yeah, I totally agree. The length did kind of take away from it a bit. But also agree that O'Reilly Derby match was awesome for sure. But yeah, it didn't need to be on there. Um, Diesel, I would love well both of you guys. Uh, what were your thoughts on the main event? And uh, are you happy that CM Punk was the winner? And then I'll kind of give my takes. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm the quarterback around here. 
I'll ask the questions. You like that? You like that, Bill? You like that, Bill? There you go. That's my Bill impersonation. (laughs) Okay. Well, hey, I will just say then. I I thought the match was good for sure. Uh, The two CM Punk botches really kind of took me out of it. Um, I rewatched it again, and then there was another moment where I don't know if it was on CM Punk or on the ref where the two count was kind of messed up. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. tell if CM Punk was kicking out late or if the ref was like drawing his count out too long, but all of that stuff, like, again, it didn't fully take me out of it. I still really enjoyed it. I wanted to see hangman win for sure. I'm, you know, I'm a punk guy, but I just wanted to see hangman keep going, even though I did predict punk to win. Um, but yeah, and then Punk with another botch on Dynamite. I know mm-hmm. we'll get into that, but just stay off the ropes, man. Um, I think that's what he needs to do. But uh, it's an exciting time, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how Punk carries the title. But pour one out for our crazy millennial cowboy, because I was sad to see the rain end. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say, I picked uh, Hangman Page. We'll do uh, when Bill comes back. I'll have him go over who won the predictions for the week of Double or Nothing. Um, I picked Paige just because I thought that this would be a possible chance for him to flip heel, which obviously he definitely teased on that. And I'm sitting there like, oh, go ahead, do it. Just crack his ass over the head. I, like, oh, I wanted, I wanted him to hit him so bad. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be the flip of flips, swerve of swerves. I love it. Uh, shout out to uh, – Tinder Mahal uh, for having us over on Sunday. Uh, Brett, how did you watch uh, Double or Nothing? (laughs) This was the first, I believe, the first ever AEW pay-per-view I watched alone um, in my bedroom. So I was coming off. I went to a music festival in Louisville that Saturday. uh, Went pretty hard, pretty late, and was just exhausted. So Bo ended up, so he lives in Louisville right now. We usually get together with a couple different friends, but we were all just kind of beat, and he ended up watching it on his own. I ended up watching it on my own, but it was a nice, uh, relaxing, but late Sunday night. Any streaming problems at all? Just in the beginning when I think everyone was having issues, what, maybe 30 minutes before the show? It, I know at least on my end and several others on Twitter, like the Bleacher Report app, if you had paid for the event, kept prompting you to purchase the event again even though you'd already done so. I don't know if you guys had any issues with that, but it wasn't until like probably about 10 minutes before the show that it started working again. But yeah, I was freaking out like everyone else on Twitter, but had faith that they would figure it out and they did. But Diesel, like you said, let's move it to HBO Max, baby. Yeah. Yeah, uh, For me, I had problems with it. I had problems with the app, like into the pay-per-view. I saw the opening match, MJF and Wardlow. And then, Right at the beginning of a Young Bucks Hardy's match, my stream went out, and then mm. it did the same thing that it was doing like at the beginning where I wanted to prompt you to buy again. And yeah, yeah. So see, yeah, you fucking with me now. Then <laughs> <laughs> so I had to backtrack because I wasn't going to miss the Hardys versus the Young Bucks, and yeah, so then I was up even later. So it kind of but go back to the original question about how I felt about the CM Punk uh, winning everything like that. I felt. I felt like I should be more excited about his win because like, I mean, it's a really cool moment. If you actually like sit down and think about like the story that led up to this with him leaving in 2014 and then falling out of love with wrestling and then watching him fall back in love with it and then finally winning the title. That's a great story, but I was exhausted and they're just like, I was just glad the show was over at that point. And so 
with the show being so long, I kind of felt like we should have been more excited about CM Punk's win than everyone was. Because the main talking point was the show was too damn long. Brett, what do you think? Do you Were you excited about CM Punk winning the title? I, I, I side with Diesel again. I wasn't excited as I thought I should be. But again, I'm a big hangman guy. I cried when he won the world title. So okay, that was no going to be my follow-up question. Was the, <laughs> oh. was the hangman page win, did that feel more significant? Obviously, oh. Brett says yes. Diesel, what do you a think? A lot. A lot for me. Um, I would say yes, but I would say the run wasn't great. I feel like the bill of the run to win the title, the chase was always going to be better right. than the actual title run. Yeah. So, but yeah, I would say hangman's page or hangman pages win was definitely more significant. I had a question posed to me by uh, Michael Wallace Seals. Uh, I believe his Twitter handle is at Wallace Seals 17. Give him a follow, uh, friend of the show. He asked me a question directly after the show about uh, CM Punk and how big he is in relation to Roman Reigns. He thinks that CM Punk winning the title makes him a bigger star than Roman Reigns in his current title run. I had to retort and I said that if we were talking about the entirety of CM Punk, and that's including the Summer of Punk, 434 Days, and all that other good stuff, I would have to agree with that. If we're just talking about AEW, in which he was, he was just talking about AEW, I would have to say I disagree because Roman Reigns has basically been running roughshod for the better part of four, 500 days. So I will pose the same question to you. Brett, you can go first. Who has the bigger reign, or better better choice words, who is the bigger star right now, the AEW champion, CM Punk, or the unified world champion in Roman Reigns? This is coming from someone who doesn't watch WWE much. You know, I follow from afar. I'll catch some of the pay-per-views, talk about it with fellow podcasters, but I think it's Reigns without a doubt. Like you said, I mean, he's run the company for well over a year, you know, it's probably the most interesting work he's done. Um, you know, it hasn't gotten a little stale, maybe a little bit, you know, I think the Lesnar feud, the Lesnar match at WrestleMania was a disappointment, but overall, I mean, he's been the guy he's presented as the guy he's doing very well. Um, and punk, I mean, yeah, he's had a heck of a run in AEW thus far. And I think the, the whole feud with MJF is might be the best feud in AEW history. Um, but just the moment right now, like we just talked about, like him winning the title, whether it was because of show length or, you know, maybe the botches did hurt it, whatever. It just doesn't feel like as big as it should, like we were talking about. But now I'd say, let's see how he carries the title and who he's, you know, who he challenges or who's challenging him. Obviously, we've got a tease for Forbidden Door with Tanahashi, which is amazing. But mm. um, I think right now it's it's definitely Reigns and no question to me. Diesel, same question. Who's bigger? Yeah, right now it's Brett. We're on the same page today because yeah, it's definitely Roman Reigns. It's AEW. I compared it on, the, on my podcast a couple weeks ago. Like WWE, they're an ocean. AEW might be like a lake. It's it's hard. Like there's a lot of people out there that legitimately don't know AEW exists that are casual fans of WWE. Right. So I mean, looking at it that way, 
Roman Reigns is definitely the bigger star. Roman Reigns is also getting into Hollywood as well. So that, I mean, CM Punk did movies, couple movies, but never, he's not going to do the things that Roman Reigns is probably going to do. So I would say Roman Reigns is the bigger star. Okay. All right. Let's break down the double or nothing card really quick and keep this thing moving along. Um, I'll I'll just do it. I have it written down. So let me just take over for 30 seconds and then uh, Diesel, you could do dynamite. Uh, The opening match obviously was MJF versus Wardlow. MJF um, obviously making news before the card even started by not showing up to a fan fest. And depending on who you listen to or who you read, he either boarded or not boarded, but got a plane ticket out of uh, Vegas, didn't get a plane ticket out of Vegas. Uh, Brett, I'll let you take it from there. Thoughts on MJF, uh, at least on the double or nothing card, because obviously we'll talk about Dynamite because he had a, a just ridiculous promo on Dynamite. Thoughts on MJF <laughs> yeah. on double or nothing and then the physical match itself? So, yeah, obviously all the rumors coming out on Saturday, which I was at that music festival, so I didn't even see till Sunday. was like, oh, wow, like, is he really, you know, questions of whether he's even going to show up at the event. So that certainly made it that much more intriguing, even as good as the build had been. Um, And, you know, on our show, we've talked a lot recently about how MJF really for the last year plus has been in part of in the hottest angles on the show consistently. This one with Wardlow, of course, one of them. Um, I personally did not like the match. I did not like to see MJF get squashed like that. I mean, it makes perfect sense in the story for sure. Um, I'm wondering if that was maybe punishment. Maybe it's been part of the plan all along. Uh, But I just wanted to see him put up some sort of a fight with as good as MJF is. Uh, But again, I understand the route they went. I just wasn't that big of a fan of it. Diesel thoughts on no, that? I, Go ahead. I want to say, if you would have replaced, if you would have replaced uh, MJF and Wardlow with Cody Rhodes and Anthony Agogo mm. and have Anthony Agogo squash Cody Rhodes last summer, that's the way that match should have went. I, I agree with Brad that it shouldn't have been squashed the way it was, but I can, can see why it was because I'm sure at that point they didn't know whether what was going to happen. Did they need to write him off TV? Is this kind of like a punishment thing? Is this been a work the whole time? Like, that's, that's the, the cool thing about this is, like, you don't know whether it's a work or not because it's MJF, and he is the best heel in the business, and he's always in character. So it's like you, you want to believe it's a work, but then it feels so real. It, you're just, you don't know. Now I think we do know after Dynamite, but. We'll talk about that in a second. I I hate to say that, but I agree totally. I guess for me, it was more of a shock to see MJF get squashed. I knew he was going to lose, even though I picked him in the uh, our prediction segment. I just it was a, it was like like wow, damn, this is happening. Damn, only seven minutes and twenty seconds, so it, that makes it even more impactful. This was squash a squash, if I do say so myself. Uh, next up was the Bucks versus the Hardys. I think the the story coming out of this is what's up with Jeff Hardy? Is he hurt? Is he not right mentally again? He got the pin and went out to the crowd and started doing high fives. Diesel, I'll let you go first. Thoughts on Bucks versus Hardys? Yeah, this match is kind of underwhelming, especially since I had to backtrack to like rewatch this match, but. I was more excited for it than what the actual they actually put out in the ring. But 
yeah, it, the ending was really weird with Jeff Hardy doing that. And then I, I was wondering if maybe it's a shot at how he left the WWE or like, I don't know what's going on. It's Jeff Hardy. You, you can never tell with him. He, yeah, he, yeah, I don't know what to say. Brett, there were people that were saying at this uh, group there, and I'd like to call it the uh, the wrestling uh, the think tank. People were saying in the room that Jeff Hardy was hurt in this match. Did you see him get hurt? I didn't see him get hurt, but he certainly uh, wasn't moving quickly. And, uh, you know, it seemed like he, he just wasn't much of an effect on the match. But, um, yeah, I think the match went too long, just over 19 minutes. Like, I think it would have been better as kind of a sprint, you know, more high spots. I'm someone who's not excited about the Hardys in 2022. So I thought the Young Bucks should have won. So I was a little bummed about that. Um, I just hope they don't win the world tag team titles, and I'll leave it at that. That looks like my tag team title prediction for the Hardys. This is some shit if, if Jeff Hardy can't get his shit together. Motherfucker. Come on, Jeff. Make me look smart, <laughs> goddammit. Next up was uh, Jade versus Anna Jay in a rematch for the TBS title. Uh, 725 was the bell-to-bell time. At first, when I saw this, I was not very stoked about this. And then in uh, classic Tony Khan fashion, he brings out the first of surprises with one Stokely Hathaway and one Athena, formerly known as Ember Moon from the WWE. Uh, Diesel, I'll let you go first on this one again. Um, Thoughts on, um, on the whole shebang? I'm sure you don't have much to say on the match. Oh, yeah, the match wasn't great. They, they just didn't have good chemistry together. That's all it was. Like, I like both the wrestlers. It just, they didn't mesh well together. But uh, after the match stuff, I did enjoy uh, Sophie Hathaway and Athena coming out and making their debuts. But, I mean, I still feel like with the show being as long as it was, this could have been the dynamite angle after Double or Nothing because they kind of made – or Dynamite feel like a Raw after WrestleMania this week. They could have, they could have done it on Dynamite instead and saved us a little bit of time from the pay per view. Brett, uh, Mark Sterling caught that work from uh, John Silver and then got escorted out, introducing Stokely Hathaway in. Are you disappointed that they didn't make the connection and we didn't see anything on Dynamite? Do you think something's going to happen in the future? Because basically Stokely Hathaway just took Jay Cargill from Mark Sterling with no kind of repercussions whatsoever. I would definitely like to see uh, one smart Mark Sterling kind of make a play or maybe he still remains on the team because I think they referred to Stokely as uh, her publicist. And Mark Sterling is an attorney, so, you know, you could have use for both. But, yeah, it's interesting that they kind of just replaced him with Stokely. But um, I'm someone I haven't seen a ton of Stokely Hathaway, definitely not before his WWE tenure as Malcolm Bivens, but always enjoyed what I saw, and I think it's a great fit for that group. So um, looking forward to it. And, yeah, the match was just okay. We'd already seen it before, and I don't think anyone believed Anna Jay was actually going to win. Quick thoughts on Athena, Brett. Yeah, excited to see her. I mean, you know, the AEW women's division, certainly under a lot of criticism from time to time. It was nice to have 
uh, three women's shows or three women's matches on the show to get them some more representation because, you know, it feels like every television show they just get one match. So that was good to see. And yeah, I think it's a gender match too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So kind of four. Um, but yeah, I think Athena will fit in great. You know, they definitely need more, you know, good women's wrestlers and she is that. And, you know, I don't think she's going to beat Jade, but I think they could have a pretty compelling match. Diesel, I think at least my problem with the women's division in AEW is not the talent, it's the booking. What do you think is the problem, the biggest problem with the AEW women's division? I I agree with you. It's the booking for sure. Like, as they have the talent, like, they didn't need to add a team. I think they have a bunch of capable women in their division. I like that they added her because it's somebody that I'm already a fan of and it makes their division even stronger. But yeah, when you have your champion every week on Dynamite just doing an interview with Tony Schiavone and then getting interrupted by what's her face? I can't even think of her name right now. It's <laughs> it's pretty uh it's pretty ridiculous. I think that would be one Serena D, but we'll get to that in a second. Next oh, before Serena D. It was, oh uh, uh, Nyla Nyla, Rose. Nyla and Vicky. Yeah, yeah. Nyla. Yeah, Nyla, there you go. That's too funny. Yeah, they're the same exact thing with Serena D. So, like, that is exactly that. That's their booking. It's the representative of why their the women's division isn't great in AEW. It's, it's right there. Look at your champion. Yeah, she wasn't even on Dynamite either last night. That was a big surprise there. Uh, and I mean, oh, that wow, seriously. Yeah. yeah, I was waiting for it. Like, you know, everybody yeah, else is doing their victory that. lap. You know, I didn't yeah. trip off of it either until it started to get late. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Where's Thunder Rosa at? She's supposed to do a victory yeah. lap. Everybody else has done their victory lap. So that kind of turned me off too. So yeah, I'm, I got a huge problem with the booking. House of Black versus Death Triangle up next. It was uh, just over 15 minutes, 1535. Um, for my overall take for double or nothing and I'll let the boys have their, you know, say next week. It was some good, some bad. This match was probably the combination of the both because you had a lot of great spots and then you had Brody King just biting it on the apron. Just I know what you're trying to do, big dog. I know what you're trying to do. Just you know, let's let's stick to the uh the, the rolling thunder into the corner or some shit like that. You don't need to be going over the top rope anytime soon. Um, Brett, I'll let you go first. Thoughts on House of Black versus Death Triangle? Yeah, I think you put it nicely. You know, it was it had a ton of great spots and exciting spots, but you know, the Brody King thing, at least he recovered okay from it. And it took, you know, I think it took him a little bit to get going in this match, but once they did, yeah, it was definitely exciting. And we finally got the payoff Mm -hmm. of the Julia Hart thing, so that's good. I mean, that had been lingering for quite a while, including that terrible segment with the Varsity Blondes last month. But um, that's so that's good. I'm glad she's officially a part of it. Um, I've been saying this on our show a lot. I want to see these six men pair up into singles matches, however it may work out. Um, You know, Malachi Black is someone who's so damn good, but we haven't really gotten to see his full potential in AEW yet. So let's throw him out there against Pac, see what they can do. Um, So I'm kind of hoping that this feud spins off into more singles matches because I think this could be uh, some pretty exciting stuff. And they've already done now back-to-back pay-per-views two six-man tags. I know Phoenix wasn't there for a revolution, but let's switch it up a little bit. I think there could be some good stuff. 
They so there the rumor of trios titles are floating about. I'll make this a two part question. You can answer it any way you want. One, are you pro con trios titles? Two thoughts on the match. I'm mixed on trios titles because like I do like the concept of having trios titles, but at the same time, like look at like New Japan, they're just they're meaningless. Like Shows a uh, champion, but it doesn't feel like he's a champion. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, they, they, weren't mean, they weren't meaningless when Chaos was carrying them in 2020, 2021. They, they made them worse. They made them worse. Something, but I, to- <laughs> I totally agree. Overall, I totally agree with you. But the run that, uh, who was it? Ishii, Goto, and Yoshihashi had was pretty epic. I can't I mean, disagree. Yeah, there's moments where it's not, but it's, it's usually a prop. Like even in Ring of Honor, when they introduced them, it was mainly just a prop. It's always, it doesn't matter. Like, it, you'd much rather be tag team champion or even the mid-card champion before you were the trios champion. It just feels like it's meaningless. Okay. All right. Now, but, uh, thoughts on the match. Go ahead. Uh, Anthony, talked about the match. I, I liked the match. I, I'm just, I'm ready for the feud to be over with, honestly. Just because I think with Phoenix getting injured, it, they kind of had to stretch it out longer. Right. They had to wait for him to get back. Right. And it's just like, I, I believe it's holding uh, House of Black back because, like, they need they need to start moving forward. And, I don't know, I think maybe down the road they meet up again, but I'm kind of interested to see House of Black do something different. I, I, I would like to see Malachi beat all three of them in singles matches. How about that? Well, if it ends it, I'm all for it. <laughs> That's I just think, like I said, I just think there could be some great combinations of singles matches, and Buddy I don't know Matthews why the hell they sure haven't. Too. I think Buddy Matthews yeah. is the, like the one guy that could break out if you did something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, you know, yeah. Buddy Matthews versus Pac sounds amazing. Buddy Matthews versus yeah. Ray Phoenix sounds Matthews amazing. That's what I'm saying. And like they've been running with this feud for what three months now, and we haven't seen a single singles match. So. Right. Yeah, if it's over, fine. But if not, let's do that. No, I agree with that. I would think that would that would call well solve two problems. Like Diesel was saying, you were waiting for Ray Phoenix to come back, but then on the flip side of it, now you can extend a few by doing singles matches instead of doing tags and trios and all that other good stuff. But that's why I'm sitting here talking about it. And Tony Khan's a billionaire. Uh, up up next, we have <laughs> Adam Cole, baby, versus Samoa Joe on the men's side of the Owen Hart uh, tournament final. Uh, 12.30 was the uh, bell-to-bell time. Adam Cole, baby, wins clean-ish, I guess, over Samoa Joe. I was waiting for Jane Lethal and company to come out uh, to cause a distraction. I'll just kick it off to you, Brett. Thoughts on the Adam Cole-Samoa Joe match? Yeah, I was uh, pretty excited about this one, and I think it definitely underwhelmed. We did have Bobby Fish come out there for a mild distraction, but I agree. I thought Lethal and company were going to come out. But I think the match was fine. I just think it ended right as it was getting going. Like, I was kind of starting to get into the match, you know, halfway through an eight, nine-minute mark, and then it ended. It was like, whoa, that's it? You have this whole, you know, have this whole tournament and, you know, the match, you know, it didn't need to be a 30 minute epic, but I don't know. It just kind of felt flat to me, but, you know, I enjoyed parts of it for sure. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Match. Diesel could have been more. I definitely could have been more. I mean, like anybody that listens to our show 
And Brett knows this too. I'm a huge Adam Colmark, so I was definitely excited for this match. It was oh, yeah. our first time they've ever met one on one in squared circle, and just it didn't really live up to the hype that I built up in my mind. And like, and also, it really hurt the match that the second you saw Adam Cole walk out in the pink, you knew he was going to win. Mm. Like they would have put Samoa Joe in pink as well. At least there would have been a little up in the air. You don't know, but the second. You saw him in pink and Samoa Joe wasn't in pink. It was obvious because it was almost a publicity stunt. I don't know if Samoa Joe in pink could work. I mean, I'm I'm sure he's <laughs> confident in his masculinity, but yeah, that, I didn't you even don't know th- unless you try it. <laughs> how about black? How about black trunks with a pink stripe? On okay, it? that's what I was getting ready to say. It, it'd have to be something with a stripe on it, so it, you know it makes yeah. it look leaner and pink shit. Wrist tape or something. <laughs> okay, no, pink wrist, <laughs> pink wrist tape would have worked. Okay, instead of the usual yeah, white. Something. Yeah. Okay, that's totally fair. I'll give you that because I was getting ready to say that I'm sitting there with, listening. You know, in my head, I'm seeing Joe walk down in his pink tr- trunks with his music on. I'm like, yeah, I'm not scared of you that much more anymore. <laughs> Uh, next up is on the women's side. Um, I will call it controversial for multiple reasons, just for the match itself. Well, leading up to the match, the match itself, we'll, we'll let you guys talk about it. Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho, 13-20, bell to bell. Britt Baker wins uh, and wins the, uh, the women's side of the Owen Hart Tournament Cup. Um, I know that Bill and Zach both, wish that the power couple didn't win the tournament and unfortunately they are not getting their wish diesel are you on that same boat did you not want to see both brit and adam cole baby win the tournament so i am actually in that same boat i wanted Kyle Riley to beat samoa joe and i wanted it to be adam cole versus Kyle Riley, but I, I didn't want it to be like them break up the undisputed elite. I just kind of wanted to be like a friendly match and maybe somewhere down the line, like it builds up like kind of like uh Champa and Gargano when they had their cruiserweight classic match, like somewhere down the line, it finally right. builds up and they For get sure. defeated again. So I wanted it to be, uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. I wanted Kyle O'Reilly to win it all. I felt like he would have been the better choice. He's from Canada. Mm-hmm. It's, Kyle Riley as as much star power as Adam Cole does in my book. So uh, that's what I wanted. And then I also really wanted Ruby Soho to win. And for me, that's a weird thing because I, when she was in WWE as uh, Ruby Riot, I was not a fan of hers. I had a horrible nickname for her that I retired and I said, I'll never say it again. And I'm behind her ever since. Wait a minute. Hang on. Nope, nobody's listening. You can go ahead and tell us. <laughs> nobody, nobody, I, we, we ain't going to tell nobody, dog. Just go ahead. Just whisper to it. Go ahead. Those bird knows. But anyways. <laughs> uh, nice whisper. Anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Diesel. I'm sorry. What were you, uh, you going to say? I have become a fan of uh, Ruby Soho. I... Like, I really like what they've done with this, like, especially the video package right before the match, like, how it, like, showed how she's always there, but she can never win the big one, and it's, like, they're building it up to be, like, a super underdog, and when she finally does win the title, it's going to be almost like a uh, uh, Hangman Page reaction, because people are going to want her to win so bad, because she's almost, she almost gets it every time, but, so, and I actually was a fan of this match as well. 
Brett, thoughts on the match? Yeah, well, I, I agree. I thought I liked this match maybe even a little better than the men's match. Um, you know, we'd seen Ruby and Britt before. They've got pretty good chemistry. Um, also definitely wanted Ruby to win. But we had done on our show, we'd done our picks before Rampage. So Bo and I both picked Chris Statlander to too. beat Ruby. I did too. And to beat Britt. And I to beat too. Britt. I did too. Yeah, I just figured with her kind of new character that would have made a lot more sense and she's kind of being presented more like a powerhouse as she should be uh but anyway with the match we got good match like we said i think wrong winner um and me and Bo also were fearful of the power couple winning prior to so uh we'll see what happens do we do sidebars on this show or is it just the vftr thing <laughs> no do a sidebar go ahead jump in this motherfucker Turn it over. Uh, Chris Steiner, uh I'm really annoyed how they never give her like a really solid feud. Like she's always involved in other people's feuds. So I was, I was kind of pissed off at the end of the Jade Cargill Anna J match as she came out to support Anna J. I want, I want her to face Jade Cargill and maybe totally agree. Jade Cargill. To, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like it. It really annoys me that. She's always a part of someone else's feud. They never focus on her when she's one of the best talents that they've got. Or the terrible, the one feud they did give her was that terrible one with Layla Hirsch that didn't make any sense whatsoever. But yeah, couldn't agree more. She's so good. Feature her. Mm. Okay. Now I, I was going to throw out the, uh, the option of, I was kind of waiting for her to flip heel when she came out at a couple of different points in the last between double or nothing and dynamite. I was, you know, she came out and I'm looking at Staglander like, you going to punch this bitch, ain't you? You going to punch her, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> she never did. I'm like, oh man, come on, man. Punch this girl, man. Shit. That's I, kinda, I was having, I was having similar thoughts as well. So I'm wondering if maybe they are kind of slowly burning that and setting it up. Cause I'd like to see her as a heel, just dominating people. I would, in. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm just saying, I agree. I'd be in for that. See, I, I like you guys. See, Bill, Zach, your shit might be in trouble. We might be doing rotating guests around this motherfucker. Next up <laughs> is uh, American Top Team versus uh, Scorpio Sky. Um, oh, shit. Tay Conte and uh, Kazarian, Frankie Kazarian. This is a few that, that obviously you can tell I can give very little shits about. Plus, you know, my riding was a little janky right there. So that's on me, too. Um, this was go home heat from the from the word go from a lack of a better term. Um, America top team wins. So Scorpio, I'm sorry. Um, shits. Uh, what's not Scorpio Sky? Uh, the other guy. Kazarian can't challenge for the title. Sammy Guevara is the guy I'm trying to think of. He can't challenge for the title for the TNT title. So hopefully in this scenario, this kind of breaks up. For me, the whole question was Paige Van Zandt because a lot of people are either really on board or off board Paige Van Zandt. Brett, I'll let you kick it off first. Thoughts on the match? Thoughts on Paige Van Zandt? Couldn't agree more. Go home. Didn't really care much about it. Didn't need to be on the show. Why are they still like Sammy had turned heel and now he's kind of supposedly on the babyface side in this match. Didn't make any sense. Um, 
Yeah, I don't really have much to say about the match. I'm glad it's over. I'm glad uh, Kazarian and Sammy can't challenge anymore. And I thought Paige Van Sant looked okay for her first time out there. I thought she uh, she was doing the whole, like, putting her arms up too much, like, look at me, I'm tough. Right. Uh, but other than, other than that, I thought her work was pretty good. And uh, let's just get all these people as far apart from each other as possible. Diesel? Yeah. Um, this match was, should have been a Rampage main event. Like, yeah. I don't know you had the big debut of Paige Van Zandt, and I'm I'm all for Paige Van Zandt. I'm a big fan that they brought her in. Uh, she's a little green, but, like, I don't have a problem with that. Like, I like when they bring in, like, legit, like, MMA fighters. At least they have some background and they feel legit right when they walk in the door. So I'm cool with that. But this match made no sense at all. Like, Red says, like, why was Kazarian on mm-hmm. Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara's team when yeah. they're like basically acting heels and he's supposed to be a face and they're getting into it during the match and it just it didn't work at all. I am a fan that they that Sammy Guevara can't challenge for the title again because I don't want to see him as TNT champion. <laughs> and I am actually a fan of the new belt as well. I do I like the new belt. Was, uh, pretty nice belt. Oh yeah, it's awesome. I do like the new belt. It was. I, God bless my mom. You know, R.I.P. But she was a Lakers fan, so I'm, I'm sure she was like, "Yeah, that motherfucker is nice." Yeah, mom, that motherfucker is nice. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah. Next up is uh, Kyle O'Reilly, the aforementioned versus Darby Allen. Nine minutes and fifty seconds. Um, I agree with you guys. You kind of said it a little bit beforehand. We can keep it short if you want. Um, this was a really good match just for, you know, the lack oh, yeah. of the build. You know, it, it, it got physical fairly quickly for nine minutes, 50 seconds. Kyle O'Reilly goes over with the flying knee off the top, which looked like it hit in the, uh, the ribs kind of stiff. Neither here nor there. Um, I'm not sure wh- where this is going, if it's going anywhere. I would like to think if it's on uh, the double or nothing card and it just started from nowhere this might be something we have going forward i kind of want to see darby allen doing more singles anyway diesel thoughts on the match yeah the match was awesome it just like i wish there was a build and i thought the reasoning to do it on a pay-per-view was because uh raleigh took out sting was just kind of silly like i don't know yeah this match should have happened on like dynamite or like at least do something to set up a match. There was nothing to set up a match. It was just Darby Allen challenging Kyle O'Reilly and Tony Khan booked it. It just, I don't know. It, I don't know, but also it was almost like a totem pole match. You look at it too. And looks like Kyle O'Reilly is higher on that totem pole than Darby Allen and like Tony Khan's eyes. And Darby Allen's a pillar. Think about that. Hmm. Oh, it, I, I, wow. Zach's head was exploding somewhere in Portland, Oregon. Brett, um, okay, I'll just ask the question flat out. Who do you think Tony Khan sees as the bigger star? Darby I Allen. I think Darby. Or Kyle O'Reilly. I think Darby Allen still. I'm very, very happy to see O'Reilly win this match because I think that definitely means something. Um, but I think Darby still in the eyes of Tony Khan is probably a little higher, but maybe not. But yeah, loved the match. It felt like a best of Super Juniors match. Very quick, uh, good pace. You know, they had great chemistry together. JCB said it got physical early. Darby was bleeding from the mouth. Yeah, great match with no build, but I was still happy to see it. 
Um, But yeah, I just want to say this. I just want to say this. Kyle O'Reilly is a young bucks guy who the young bucks guys are uh, Tony Khan or whatever. You don't just say Darby Allen's a Cody guy. I feel like there is some kind of division and that's kind of why this MJF stuff happened too. Cause he's also a Cody guy. I feel like Kyle Riley and Tony Khan's eyes is higher on the totem pole because who he's affiliated with compared to Darby Allen being affiliated with Cody in a weird psychological way. That's a very, very interesting take there. I was getting ready to say that I had never even thought of that shit. Until yeah, right me, now. Ne- me neither. You watch a lot of wrestling, uh, hit these uh, little weed things, and still think like me all the time. That's a conspiracy theory for your ass. God damn. I'm going to be thinking about that for the next two days. Next up is uh, Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. 1655 Thunder Rosa retains. Uh, the. I'll just say it personally. The bill was horrible. The match kind of helped that out at the end of the day. I just really... Britt Baker is... Is was one thing, and she's over. She's okay. We got Britt Baker taken care of, but now we need to do something with Thunder Rosa. Nyla Rose has been a disappointment, and now you've had the at least the Serena D build coming away from Nyla Rose as a disappointment. I thought the match was really good. Brett, thoughts on uh, Thunder Rosa versus Serena D? Totally agree with you. Build was literally nothing. Um, you know, the whole thing was kind of built on Dustin Rhodes being Thunder Rosa's mentor, which did we even know that? And my buddy did tell me that Dustin came out when Thunder Rosa won the belt. But beyond that, like, that's what this feud was built upon that, you know, something the audience largely has no idea about. So, but yeah, the match was great. I knew it would be great. Two awesome workers. Um, you know, they gave them time about 17 minutes. Um, yeah, I thought it was a very good match, but totally agree. Like, let's build Thunder Rosa more. So I've started freelance writing for the Sportster, and I just wrote an article last week about the AEW having trouble booking their babyface champions, Thunder Rosa and Hangman Page. Obviously, he's gone now, but JCB, you hit the nail on the head. Let's build Thunder Rosa. Let's get her on TV and not just in interview segments that get interrupted. Let's have her have some matches. Let's get her a fresh opponent. I don't know who that may be right now, but uh, let's do better booking our champion. Diesel, if you had the pencil, who's Thunder Rosa's next opponent? Thunder Rosa's next opponent. That's a tough one because they they haven't really set anybody up. And the same way with Serena Deeb. It was, they just claimed that she was the number one contender and, like, they never really explain how they get their rankings either. So, it's really whoever they want it to be. So, I could you. You, have the, you have the pencil. You have the pencil. Don't, don't, don't go with their storyline. You're in charge, and you have the choice of Thunder Rosa's next opponent. Who's Thunder Rosa's next opponent? And I would probably go with... It's too early to go with Ruby Soho. Too early to go with Britt Baker again. How about Chris Statlander? That works. There you go. Thanks, Brett. <laughs> I, I mean, that's what I, I, that's what I was, that's what I was thinking this whole time. Okay. 
That's great. Just, just two minutes ago, it's, it's been Chris Statlander, and then I'll put you on the spot. You don't say Chris Statlander. I'm, this is so fucking amazing. I'm glad I didn't do that shit. Next up is uh, Jericho Appreciation Society versus, um, I'll just call him the Blackpool Combat Club. It's Moxley and Danielson, Santana Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston. Um, I'll say it. I had very little hopes about this match, and then all of a sudden, I look up and I see Matt Renard having a chunk of his head out of his head, a chunk of uh, flesh out of his head. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This match. Yeah, that happened pretty quick. Yeah. I'm like, dude, he's got a chunk out of his head missing. What the fuck is going on? This match. I was very critical about Stadium Stampede. I, I said it for the Beefers, it was one of the, the worst matches of the year. It was my worst match of the year. You know, Bill and Zach, God love them. They love that shit. This motherfucker was complete opposite of Stadium Stampede. It was color everywhere. I, at one point, I'm like, damn, who isn't bleeding? Okay, that's the question. Who's not bleeding? Show of hands, who's not bleeding? Jericho at that point wasn't bleeding. Eddie Kingston trying to put Jericho on fire. Then you had Danielson and Eddie Kingston going at it. You had Danielson tapping out. I'm like, if, if who had that on their bingo 2022 wrestling bingo card? Danielson taps out. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? 22-45, running time, bell to bell. Diesel, thoughts? This match was... Uh- Everything I didn't know I wanted and more. <laughs> like I, I was exactly like you. I had like low expectations for this. I didn't know what to expect, and I thought it was it was awesome. Like it was anarchy in the arena. Yes. It was as advertised. <laughs> yes, like it was like just cutscenes to like all this stuff going on with the music playing and like you said, everybody <laughs> bleeding. And then like at the end of the match is the best wrestling like. You can just pause it with Eddie Kingston uh, walking down the ramp, holding that gas can just covered in blood. It is like <laughs> the greatest wrestling thing I've ever seen in my life. And <laughs> just not even caring. Like I said this on the podcast on my podcast, like Chris Jericho says, I'm a wizard. Well, Eddie Kingston says, I'm a fucking arsonist and walks down there <laughs> and just <laughs> puts that gas on him and lays that on fire. Hell yeah. Brett, go ahead. What'd you think? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) that was great. Pretty much, you know, on the same page as you guys. I was, you know, I wasn't down on it coming in, but similarly, it was like, what's going to happen? And yeah, they hit a home run with it. Um, Loved that they kept the music playing in the beginning because it just kind of added to the insanity of it. Um, Yeah, I mean, the instant image of him walking out is one we'll never forget. Um, yeah, Danielson tapping out crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? It was great. I, so I personally, I loved stadium stampede one. I thought number two stunk. Um, so I thought this was right up there. Maybe I don't, I'm not going to say it was better than stadium stampede one, which was also a moment in time that was right in the heart of the pandemic. And I thought they crushed that match. I just thought the second follow-up was shitty. Um, but yeah, this one will also never be forgotten. And I think the right team definitely won. Um, you needed to establish jazz as we call them. Um, and yeah, <laughs> but it'll, it'll be very interesting to see where this spins off to. Uh, I love that Moxley and Jericho were going at it for quite a while, kind of hearkening back to their feud. Uh, but yeah, this was awesome. 
Diesel, did you like Stadium Stampede? I wasn't a big fan of Stadium Stampede. Uh, yeah, I didn't like either of them really. Okay, just one. Damn. No, it's 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 wrestling subjective. I just it's too. Did you go ahead? Did you not like either of them either? It's too comedy for me. I get it. And don't get me wrong, I agree with your sentiments on the first stadium stampede in the heart of the pandemic. You have to come up with creative new ideas. Was it creative? Yes. Was it new? Yes. Was it over the top? Fucking A right. Too over the top. I mean, goddamn, Matt Hardy's doing fucking bad handsprings on the length of the football field and you ain't moved? Damn, dog, come on. Well, not Matt Hardy, Matt Jackson. Same concept. Yeah. I mean, shit. It you was, know, it was just it was great. Don't don't get me wrong. Bill and Zach <laughs> will swear upon that to the day they die. It was one of the greatest things ever. Don't get me wrong. It had its moments, and then it had its over the top moments. There was no like gray area. You know, it was either here or there. I don't need that. Some somewhere in the gray is okay with some shit like that for me. Okay, if we're going to like Yano Land, because God knows I love me some Yano. Womp womp. That means you know <laughs> it's probably gone to one step too far. Okay, and that's what Stadium Stampede's meant to me, and that's why I think this one was like it took me by surprise because I was like, okay, what's getting ready to happen? What the fuck? He's lost the chunk of his head, and it just it just went from there. You know what I'm saying? So that's just that's just me. And like I said, wrestling subjective. I ain't mad at nobody. You know what I'm saying? It's just for me. That's why I like New Japan. You know what I'm saying? And when Yano comes up, I'm just like, oh yeah. Ur, ur, ur. All right, we'll finish this up because obviously, two of us are talking about New Japan because it's on the brain. Um, Jurassic Express versus Hobbs and Starks versus uh, Keith Lee and Swerve. Uh, triple Threat Bill Vegi special for the uh, AEW Tag Team Champions 1715 Bell to Bell. Jurassic Express retains. I was surprised. I said on the pod last week that if you wanted to take the titles off of them and it felt like Jurassic Express had kind of ran its course, and it's kind of weird for me to say that in a loaded tag team division, but neither here nor there. I felt like it kind of ran its course. I felt like Hobbs and Starks could have won this. I could felt like uh, swerving Keith Lee won it, could have won it. I totally forgot who I was picked on, and so that's why I'm waving on that shit. Brett, thoughts on the match? Thought on Jurassic Express uh, retaining? Yeah, I'd, I'd picked uh, Hobbs and Starks as well, so I uh, was also surprised to see them retaining, but not upset by any means. I mean, I think pretty much every match they've had defending those titles has been good to great, so I'm not complaining. What I am complaining about was that FTR wasn't even on this card. Um, that mm-hmm. was fucking criminal. So, um, you know, the match was great. I mean, it was going to be with these three teams. You know, we've already se- we'd already seen uh, Hobbs and Starks go against Keith Lee and Swerve, and that was great. And just adding in another team that can do great double team moves and get that Luchasaurus hot tag pop going. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, I thought uh, this was going to be when Christian turned on Jungle Boy because uh, they've obviously been hinting at that for quite a while. But yeah. they get the victory, and uh, the, the rain continues. But yeah, it was. A- damn solid match diesel uh i mean i liked the match it was a lot of fun but i also kind of felt like it was a rehash of what they did at full gear with uh it was almost yeah, like cop out doing another six man oh tag yeah three uh, triple threat uh take it i don't know i i did pick uh the jungle express or whatever <laughs> yeah jungle express to win <laughs> 
Damn dudes. They need to do something with their name, for real. <laughs> that goes back to a running joke for when we visited Milwaukee last year. None of us could get it right, and it was uh, it was oh, keeping us out pretty good. That's great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I laughed just because it just sounded funny and not even know what the inside joke was. That's even even better. <laughs> Last up, we talked yeah, about... Shout out to High Five Tom. We're probably also laughing right now. Yeah, yeah. big shout out to High Five Tom. That's my brother right there. You're going to be my wrestling brother for life. you getting my, all my wrestling uh, checklist things off of my list so I can die peacefully, happily, you know, with the two cats. And, you know, like, what's wrong with this dude? He just came back from Forbidden Door. He's not feeding us no more. We talked about the main event, <laughs> Punk versus uh page uh 2540 bell to bell um did we talk about who do you think punk's first opponent is i don't think we did brett go first who do you think punk's first opponent is going to be now that he's the champion so are we saying aside from tanahashi because it certainly appears that we're headed that direction uh, uh, let's just say from aside from tanahashi i would assume that he would retain against Tanahashi. Let's just say, for yeah. the sake of argument, he re- he retains at Forbidden Door. What's his, who's this first AEW opponent? Better choice of words. Whew. I don't know if this will be it, but I'll tell you one I love to see, and that would be Wardlow. I mean, he's at the top Oof. right now. Oof. He's just you know <laughs> fresh, freshly signed. You know. I mean, what else, what else are you going to do with the guy? He's, just, he's on top right now. So, what you, I mean, he does, does he not deserve a shot? Um, <laughs> hey, champ, guess who your first opponent is going to yeah. be? <laughs> if you want to legitimize CM Punk's title reign, that's how you do it. God damn. I mean, <laughs> okay, uh, Diesel, I'll go on the flip side. <laughs> I, I will ask you, who do you think Punk loses the title ultimately to? Oh, he's going to lose to MJF. I have no doubt in my mind, and it's going to happen in Chicago. It's going to be a payoff of their whole feud. It's not over yet. MJF is going to come out on top. That's what's going to happen. Couldn't agree more. Okay, she had. But I, I do want to answer the question: Who I no, think ahead, his go first ahead. opponent's going to be? Yeah, I actually think it's going to be Miro. I mean, I was, I, that's, I was thinking him. I was thinking him as well. But yeah, that would Miro definitely make a little more sense. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so that just let's jump into Dynamite. Speaking of the aforementioned Miro, he makes his uh, return back to Dynamite programming, uh, crushing Johnny Elite. Um, I would be the first to say it. I was not a big Rusev guy when he was in WWE. Rusev Day kind of flipped me to where I was like, okay, this dude it can now be a little entertaining too. Pretty much have been a fan since. Like the Miro character. I like the fact that he's having conversations with God saying his what his neck of dust is now healed. I was like, oh shit, you just fucked up now. I didn't I totally forgot about Miro. I would agree. I think Miro is probably going to be Punk's first opponent. I'll just ask this: Do you think Miro can be champion at any point in AEW? Now that it seems like there's not as many people coming in, but it's still a pretty loaded lineup. I'll go Brett first. First off, Happy Rusev Day, fellas. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> I will say Miro was the other name on my mind, and I think that definitely makes more sense. I don't see him as an AEW World Champion. I just think there's too many, for lack of a better term, mouths to feed on that. Um, but he's been TNT champ. I could see him and would like to see him be TNT champ again. 
Um, but again, I just think at the top, you know, there's too many people kind of ahead of him for now. But, you know, that could change over time. But I don't see him winning the big belt. Diesel, does he become TN- or, uh, TNT, AEW champion? I say never say never. I felt when he was at the height of Rusev Day, they should have probably just, like, like win for it and put the belt on him then. I think sometimes circumstances, like, change. And if you have a great character and you're in the right story, sometimes Jinder Hall won the championship, for God's sake. You know? Oof. Like, you never say never. I think maybe one day it's possible. I don't know if it'll happen, but it's possible. God damn, Jinder Mahal. Lord, it just gotta love WWE. Um, let's talk about MJF really quick. Uh, MJF comes out and basically roasts Tony Khan in a fire promo where they cut his mic off at the end. For a long, long time, I was trying to debate on whether or not this was a work or a shoot. I honestly think this is a work now. I don't think you have MJF come out on national TV and rip Tony Khan a new one without Tony Khan giving his blessing to do so. Diesel, work or shoot? I think they shot themselves into work and are uh, walking a thin line and could easily work themselves back into a shoot. Uh, (laughs) But for the, the promo itself, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, it's on MJF. my shortlist of promo of the year so far. Oh, it was incredible. MJF is the best promo guy in the business. MJF right now might be overall as a wrestler except for promo. I mean, in ring isn't great, but like the way he works his character in ring, I think he could be he's definitely top three. Like overall package, not maybe overall like in ring, but anyways, I feel like MJF. It's great. I've always been a big fan of MJF, and the highlight of my life was when I got to buy him a glass of wine at Starcast, and he told me he fucking hated me, and I said I fucking love you. So <laughs> everybody's got an MJF story. That's funny. Brett, work or shoot? Yeah, I think it was a shoot initially, like Diesel said, that became a work. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how this goes, but yeah, I don't think, you know, the one thing they did. So I did see like right before we hopped on this call that AEW did remove him from their roster page and removed all his merchandise from AEW shop.com. So that's another interesting tidbit, but mm. obviously could, could all be part of the work, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see him for a little while. I mean, what do you do? How do you come back from that? You know, I feel like it's going to take – he just needs a little time to be away, I think, just to kind of, you know, one, maybe get himself kind of straight and figuring out, you know, hey, maybe I need to stop fucking this up. Or, I don't know, maybe it'll work. Maybe he will pay him and he should pay him uh, whatever he wants because Diesel, I agree, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. I think he is, you know, pr- I think he's better in ring than he gets credit for. Um, and, yeah, on the mic, no one can touch him these days. So, um, yeah, I think it's a work for sure at this point, but I don't know how they come back from it. And uh, I'm riveted, and I agree. I think he will 
eventually take the, the belt from CM Punk. Did you guys see, apparently, there was some fan footage that Punk apparently, like, came yeah. out yeah, after that promo? Yeah. So that's, mm-hmm. that's interesting there. Um, but, yeah, it was incredible. You said shortlist for promo of the year. I'd say shortlist for one of the best promos of all time. I thought it was incredible, and I'd even I was working last night, so I'd heard at the time not what happened, but just seeing messages of like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, and uh, it over delivered from even that expectation. I mean, it was you know it's getting compared to Punk's pipe bomb, obviously, um, but it might have even been better. It was he, incredible. He cut two of the best promos of all time in the last like three months. Yeah, because he cut that promo uh, where. It, about his growing up as a kid and all that stuff. Yep. Like mm-hmm. twice he's come out and has a serious heel heat. And by the end of the promo, he has the whole crowd turned and cheering for him. Like they yeah. started the promo last night. They were chanting, shut the fuck up. Yep. And then next thing you know, like everybody was behind him. But I mean, everything he was saying was true. And yeah. like, I'm sure those are his real feelings as well. So like it came across as real, even though now we kind of know it is a work. Interesting thoughts. Uh, we talked about Punk. Uh, Tanahashi Punk came out and wanted to know his next opponent after he and FTR defeated the Gun Club and Matt Caster. Punk and Tanahashi are going to wrestle at the Forbidden Door. I think I'm just going to go ahead and leave it there for AEW. I'll let the AEW marks come back and talk about that. But I really, really want to talk about New Japan. So we're going to cut this bad boy short and jump into that two count. Mr. Brett, Brain Buster Boys, what's the two count? Best of the Super Juniors, and boy, oh boy, I have been waiting for this because, hell, it's been, what, just over almost three weeks that this tournament's going on, and we're almost, we've got one match left, and it has been a hell of a ride. I think um, getting guys like, you know, Wheeler Yuta, Ace Austin, Alex Zane, even like El Lindemann, Teton, you know, things have just gotten stale in New Japan a little bit, especially in the junior division since the pandemic, largely because they haven't been able to get any foreigners in. This was, you know, obviously they did all the Bullet Club stuff at Wrestling Guntaku the month before that's like, okay, New Japan's back. Right. And then I think this, this tournament to me has only solidified that. Um, it's just been an incredible tournament. I've been glued to it. So many great performances. And you said it, it's chalk at the end of the day. We've got Hiromu versus Desperado, but that's been one of the best rivalries in the company over the last few years. So <laughs> strap me in. I'm fucking ready to go, baby. Diesel, I know you've been catching up. You uh, you caught pretty much half of the race we watched uh, all, three, all 12 nights, but you caught bits and pieces of uh, each night of each uh, matches of each night. Who's been your most impressive wrestler so far in uh, BSOJ? I am actually really liking uh, Francisco Akira. Mm. I have never actually seen him wrestle before I watched uh, him wrestle like in night one and like he's been really impressive and I really like uh, his name for the Cheeky Nando's kicks. He calls it (laughs) Ruta Faccio, which means ugly face, face in Italian. Yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, right then I became a big fan. Are you Italian? Yeah, and I... <laughs> what? Are you Italian? No. No, not at all. <laughs> I, just, I, just, 
I just like he named a move Ugly Face. No, like, it's, it's, don't get me wrong. I was about to say that's more creative than I can think anything I can come up with. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I like uh, Francisco Carroll a lot. Brett, same question. Who's been the most uh, impressive? We agree Akira's been the most impressive. Who else do you have? I mean, it seems like easy to say it, but El Desperado for sure has had the best tournament in my mind. Um, so I kind of keep track of star ratings. JCB, I think you may do that. I see you tweeting about a lot, but uh, I had five matches from El Desperado at four and a quarter stars and one at four stars. So six of his nine matches were uh, pretty damn good. And just doing it with all sorts of opponents, like the Wheeler, here's the five I have at four and a quarter. His against Wheeler Yuta, Al Lindeman, Doki, Robbie Eagles, and El Fantasmo. And all different opponents, you know, bringing different things to the table. Uh, but El Desperado has just been unbelievable in this tournament. And then I've been really impressed, too, with both Ace Austin and Alex Zane and their ability to connect with the Japanese crowd has been awesome, too. But I mean, I could go on and on. I've really been impressed with everyone in this tournament. And I forgot to mention Akira up front. He's someone I'd never seen before and totally agree he's been awesome as well. Somebody that uh, that caught my – well, to kind of piggyback on your uh, Desperado comment, I do agree with that. I, I don't put up like a, a star rating, but basically just break down the match and then usually yeah, here's yeah. where we talk about uh, – you know, stars and grades and all that other good stuff. But, you know, me and you need to uh, pull a, a podcast aside and physically do that. But that's another story for another time. Um, I agree with that. The, the Desperado story is is different in the sense that he wrestled ELP and, on the final night and finished ELP with his own move. He wrestled Robbie yep. Eagles. You know, Robbie Eagles lost the title to Desperado, so Robbie Eagles wins that match, but it was still a barn burner. Doki was somebody he talked about before the tournament even started. You know, Doki's hit his ceiling, blah, 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 blah. That turned out to be a barn burner. It's now... I get that Hiromu is the like the poster boy for the junior division, but for me, it's really three guys. It's a three-headed monster. It's Hiromu, it's Desperado, and it's Ishimori in no particular order. It's it's who you kind of like in that uh, three-headed monster, and I get it. You know, Hiromu, like I said, he's the the poster boy of it. But Desperado, in the last, let's just say year and a half, has really started to make himself known, and I think this is part of the reason why. I like this final because it, it, even though it's chalk, Hiromu's trying to, you know, set history. Desperado is the guy that's usually in the way. So I don't have a problem with that. Even though ELP was my pick, ELP was there at the end. So I don't necessarily have a problem with that, especially with um, not really knowing what the fuck was going to happen. He was there at the end. So I don't have a problem with that. Diesel, what was some of your favorite matches of the tournament? I mean, I. Both of the Takahashi and Ishimori match and the El Desperado and Fantasmo match were were both great. I have them both at like four point five stars. Um, I really like. I agree with Brett. I, I a bunch of my matches I've been putting star rankings on too. For Desperado, are I don't have one that's under three and a half, and a lot of them are four or above. So, uh. I really enjoyed the Wheeler Yuta Desperado match on night five. Uh, Alex Zane uh, Ishimori on night five was also a great match. But like, night five was like had a bunch of great matches because you also had Ace Austin versus Takahashi. Like 
I I wish that I would have started this tournament sooner because like I I like New Japan a lot. I just with my busy schedule with being a new father and mm-hmm. work and everything like that, I just don't find time to watch it. But like I have enjoyed everything I've seen from this tournament and I'm very excited. But I have a random question for you guys because we're talking New Japan. Sidebar. What are you, what you guys? What do you guys? Uh, how do you guys feel about Bushi? Like overall. Um, I'll go first. Um, I'm an Lij guy. Um, I love all things Lij. Bushi to me is like the ultimate spoiler when it comes to this tournament. He'll he'll rattle off three losses in a row, but then run off five in a row and beat somebody, taking points away from you know. Whoever could be ultimately he beat, winning, he beat, Des- he beat Desperado. Desperado. Thank you. Okay, so d- more so to my point. Outside of the best of Super Juniors, it feels like when I see him, if it's a six man tag, I'm like, okay, Bushi might be getting pinned here. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I mean, also a big Lij guy, and yeah, Bushi, he's a guy like like JCB said, he's not going to be at the top of the heap, but he can upset people. And he does that pretty much every year in the tournament. And, uh, yeah, he's someone I never really get super duper excited for, but he's damn solid and has, uh, one of the best suicide dives in the business. The greatest reason I ask is the greatest thing Bushi ever did was he came from the crowd and attacked, uh, Kenny Omega. And then he ripped off his mask to reveal himself as Chris Jericho. (laughs) And that's how I feel about Bushi. (laughs) Wasn't that Pentagon though? I don't no, that was an all in. Chris Jericho did it twice. It was what was the other one? Oh, when he did it in New Japan, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Okay, that was twice. Damn, that's crazy. Damn. Yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten about that one. Hang on, hang on. Uh, for Michael Wallace Seals, this is for you. Let me make sure I get my pipes cleared up correctly. <clears throat> You ain't shit. Stop disrespecting Bushi like that, man. <laughs> no, I agree, man. All bullshit aside, I, I can I can see why people don't like Bushi. I do. I just like I said, I love all things Lij. So I'm I will be extremely biased on this. I want to jump back to where were you to for a second because I heard both of you guys say where were you to as somebody that uh, you were impressed with with throughout the tournament. Uh, me and Bill were saying last week that it was kind of like, and eh, you know. It's now I've gotten to the point I've seen all 12 nights that I was waiting for him to, to pull out something new from his arsenal. You've been here long enough. You feel like you're like one of those guys that can take a little bit of everything and make it his, make it his own. The seatbelt the seat clutch for his uh, pinning maneuver finisher, I love that shit. But I was waiting for him yeah. to break out something else, and he did something that to like a, either the, the last night or the uh, the final night that was something new. For me, don't get me wrong, it was a great look for Wheeler Yuta to come over. Like uh, Brett said, it was a part of the reason why New Japan, I think, suffered from the pandemic is because you couldn't bring in foreign talent over at any given point and have the matches that we all know and love. I thought his best of the Super Juniors, if I have to go and play the grade, um, I would say three and a half stars is, the for me, the overall look. It was good. It wasn't great. I was looking for him, for him to develop more as the tournament went along. Diesel, I'll let you go first. Tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, 
Just because you're you, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> you just got you just gold in Bill's eyes right there. No, I, mean, okay, so, I mean, I have to be mean because like I've agreed with with you and everything. So I mean, technically, I do kind of agree. I'm, I have been underwhelmed by Wheeler Ute. I was really excited at the beginning of the tournament, and he sure. was one of the guys I was rooting for the most. And by the end, I just I didn't really care, even though he put on a couple good matches. It's just I was more in the camp of Robbie Eagles or, you know, it just Wheeler Yuta was more on the back burner for me by the end. Brett, go tell me why I'm wrong. You know, I don't really think you're wrong either. Um, you know, I think he definitely had some great performances. The Desperado one we mentioned. Um, I think his last two matches were maybe his second and third best, which was uh, El Fantasmo and TJP. Mm-hmm. But yeah, totally agree with you, JCP. I was just looking for him to to pop a little more because obviously he's coming off that amazing match with Moxley, which I've got like in my top three for AEW matches of the year. Um, you know, obviously he's not going to be bleeding all over the place, but I just, and he showed some fire, but it wasn't consistent enough, I guess. And, you know, compared to guys like Alex Zane and Ace Austin, who had that almost immediate connection with the crowd, I think that's something that he struggled with. Um, you know, he'd do his fire up yell that he likes to do. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought he had a good, not great tournament. Uh, but great, it was probably his great experience for him getting all these reps over there. Um, and hopefully he'll be back. But, uh, yeah, I thought I was hoping for a little more out of him, but I won't say I was disappointed. I will agree with what you said about Alex Zane and uh, Ace Austin. I thought those were the two guys for me of all the guys, foreigners that came in. They connected with the crowd the most. And I found myself kind of getting into their matches a little more. I've seen them both in bits and pieces. Alex Zane was in uh, New Japan Strong. I've seen him in bits and pieces in GCW. And then obviously uh, Ace Austin is the uh, Impact X Division champion. I was kind of curious on how they were going to book the champions. Um, Ace Austin obviously was booked very strongly. Um, I believe... Will you to won four matches? Yeah, four matches. So, not yeah. not uh, not bad for his uh, first time around. El Lindeman is somebody. Yeah, Go ahead, Brett. I'm sorry. I was going to say you, Utah and Ace both finished with ten points. Okay. So Wheeler did end up yeah, getting f- that f- fifth point. Okay. So I, I said to Bill because he asked me how many I thought I was like four, maybe five. I thought five was like you know that would be really strong because that's basically five wins, four losses, ten points. That had been you know up in the upper echelon where you're threatening to uh, to take the, the block itself. El Lindemann is somebody that I thought uh, was somebody that I had no idea who he was until uh, he kept up, came up on the Wrestling Dontaku Don uh, tour and then actually in the best of the Super Juniors. Thoughts on El Lindemann? Uh, we'll start with Diesel first. I like El Lindemann. He reminds me a lot of murder grandpa uh, Suzuki. Like, like I look at him and I'm like, he just looks like a younger version of him, and he's like 40 years old. But I mean, that's still younger than Suzuki. So, uh, yeah, I was a big fan, and like I was skeptical at first too. I, was I haven't too. seen much. I think I've seen a little bit of his stuff in the past, but was like, like he made me a believer by the end. Brett, what did you think about El Lindeman? I thought Al Lindeman was spectacular. And Diesel, did you say he's 40? Because I believe he is only 27. Well, 
Maybe I did my math wrong. Okay? <laughs> you I, see what it yeah, happened he, was. <laughs> he's 27, but it's okay. Um, he is he is tiny. You know, I had also seen him in you know the strong heart six man tags that they were doing. You know, in previous tours, and I'm like, this guy's got some spunk. He's got some fire, but he's so small. I think he's what like five foot three. But man, he makes it work. That guy's wiry. He he's getting excited. He was getting fired up with the crowd. Um, didn't he end up? Beating, he beat Desperado, right? Like that match was awesome. Um, yeah, he had some great performances and yeah, just another guy that, you know, I personally hadn't seen really much of at all that I came out of this tournament being like, wow, this guy's a stud. He did beat uh, Desperado on night seven. It was uh, the main event. Desperado uh, had, yeah. the, had the most main events for the, those who like keeping up with stuff like that. Robbie Eagles is somebody else I want to give flowers to. I forget how good he is. And then all of a sudden he comes out and have uh, barn burner matches with uh, ELP. I, I thought that was arguably the match of the tournament. Um, I don't even think it's argu- I don't even think it's arguable. Okay, because I I thought it was it was a well told story to come up, and then the the physical match itself was just like Jesus Christ, come on! You guys I thought it was out of control. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, I, that was another one. Like going into it, you know, I'd heard. I don't know if you guys check cagematch.com at all, but I, I check do. it quite frequently, Every and it's seen. Yeah, and it's seen it had a pretty high rating. I'm like, oh shit, okay, and it again, over-delivered for me. Those two obviously had their backstory with Bullet Club and everything. I totally and forgot man, about that. They, they fucking went at it. Like, El Fantasmo had it. some incredible leaps, and then he had that one outside where he missed, mm. and then Robbie came immediately and charged him with the double-running knees up against the barricade, and then we were off and running. That was um, Yeah. For me, definitely the best match of the tournament. I had it at four and three-quarter stars. Diesel, well, yeah, we, like you said, I'm sorry, go ahead, bro. I was just going to say, like you said about Robbie Eagles in general, yeah, we forget how good that guy is. But, yeah, he also had a hell of a tournament and, uh, you know, was kind of right there in it till the last day. No, he he had uh, control of the tournament and lost to T-Time, and that, that's why I love New Japan. They're, it's always good for a swerve. Uh, Diesel, what oh, you yeah. think was the uh, – was that, though, seriously. Say that again. How heartbreaking! How heartbreaking was that? Ooh, loss the look on his like, the yeah, look on his face. I was sure. just like, "Ugh, dude, you know? you're killing me right now." Don't don't turn the camera away. I don't even want to look at this dude right now. He's killing me right now. It was hard to watch. And that's that's why this tournament promo in night eleven where it, he talked about the fate was in his hands. Right, like he had to win. Right, and he yep. looks super confident in this match too. And then. The way he lost, the look on his face, like my heart broke for the dude. Yeah, it was like yeah. motherfucker. I just got rolled up. I can't <laughs> believe this shit. I know and that that would have been, if you wanted to flip Robbie he, Eagles heel, it'd have been a time to do it. Not saying that I want Robbie Eagles heel, but that's the psychology behind it. Where you know now it's just like you know what, fuck this shit. I'm about to beat your ass, and that's where you could have done that <laughs> if, if you really wanted to. Um, I guess let's just jump to the final night. Uh, like we said, you got Desperado, you got Hiromu, Block A winner, Block B winner, not in that particular order. I will start with Diesel first. Who do you have winning the tournament? Talk to me if I'm wrong, but this was the 2019 final? I believe so, yes. Oh, was it 2020? 2020? Yes. It was 2020. 2019 was that incredible uh, 
Shingo versus Osprey, man. Mm. How Shingo is like fucking... Which is one uh, of the best matches of all time. And how Shingo is a a junior heavyweight still boggles my (laughs) mind. I'm like, dude, where's the scale that you jokers put Shingo on first? Okay, we got to check this motherfucker out. Diesel, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I I feel with it already have been a final in the past that they... It might be Desperado, and this, like somewhere down the road, they're gonna they're gonna do it again. Um, I feel like if this were the first meeting in the finals, uh, Takashi would get his uh, repeat. But uh, I'm definitely going Takashi after everything I just said. I'm going Takashi. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a bill move, Brett. Go ahead. Who you got winning the final? Well, this would be four, right? If he won it, he won in 2018, 2021. It would be three straight and then four overall. N- neither one has ever yeah. been done. Yeah, it'll be a three yeah, three straight, yeah. Before I dig in, I want to bring up a couple scenarios that I was intrigued by. One of my buddies mentioned Ishimori winning and then picking Kushida as, as his opponent. Mm-hmm. I thought that would have been awesome. Obviously, we don't know where Kushida stands yet, but seems likely that he'll be back in New Japan. Come so I just thought to that Jamaica. Was a, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was I thought that was a very cool idea. Yeah. Um as the tournament was drawing near, as much as I absolutely love El Desperado, I was kind of hoping for ELP versus Hiromu and mm. ELP to win. JCD, I think you said you picked him. Yeah, I did. Um and again, just he was amazing. I love what he did. What was it with uh, Doki, where he kind of faked? Or who was it that he? Fa- it was El Lindeman, where he faked yeah. The, it was the Doki, Doki he got faked, faked out by. Doki and then faked the next, him out, yeah. And then the next yeah. match, he faked out El Lindeman. I'm like, dude, are you guys not watching yeah. tape? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Come on. That that was awesome. But I feel like he's got such a connection with the crowd. Um, I don't know if you've ever listened to the podcast called the Super J Cast, but they're awesome and. Those guys, one of them has been talking about the potential for El Fantasma as a baby face, which I thought was interesting. And, you know, that's kind of how that's how Kenny was. He was kind of the badass junior in Bullet Club and then was eventually elevated to heavyweight and took over. So, you know, it's possible. But back to your question, I think El Desperado. <laughs> El Desperado wins, even though he did. So he already beat Hiromu at Wrestle Kingdom this year. I mean, that was a big win for him. But, yeah, I mean, it's been his division for the last two years. So I think uh, you got to crown him with this. And uh, But it, it should be a fucking hell of a match. I had the 2025 at five stars. That's when Desperado's mask was basically ripped, ripped off. off. And he just tore, tore it off himself. And, man, that one gets, got the blood going. That, that was the moment where I wish we could have crowd noise. Because there was an audible gasp yeah. when he took that mask yeah, off. Like, what I'm like, I'm sitting in our house, like, what the fuck just happened? Oh, it was shit. crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. For those who don't know, uh, Lucha Libre or just the Mexican mask uh, in general, having the mask taken off is the ultimate disgrace. Okay. Yes. The fact that he was getting, he being desperate, was getting the mask ripped off and then took it off himself was just like the the last thing in the world you you could possibly think of as a wrestling fan, at least for this wrestling fan himself. To answer my own question. I like Desperado here. Hiromu does not need it. He is over, over like Rover. Desperado is there. 
I think this really cements it. Like you said, Brett, the Wrestle Kingdom win is a start. This really sets up to where now, I don't care if it's if you don't like Ishimura or not, or you don't think he's the third head, it's really, it can still be a two headed monster with these two heads as the forefront and Ishimura, you know, the high head at the top. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. They're all basically interchangeable because they're all that great. But I like Desperado here. Last question on uh, New Japan, and then we'll move over to uh, predictions. Dominion is coming up. Obviously, we have the main event. As Okada versus Jay White. Jay White makes his triumphant return back to New Japan, crushes Okada. Bullet Club has a great night, blah, blah, blah. We already talked about that on this podcast before. Let's start with Brett. Thoughts on Okada versus Jay White, and who do you think wins the Dominion match? I fucking love it because I think their feud has been just so good from the beginning when Jay was able to get Gato to turn against Okada and join him at Bullet Club. The clean win in 15 minutes at Wrestle Kingdom by Jay. I'm still shocked about that today. Okada wasn't Um, the champion at that point, correct? He was not, no. But then four months later, then Okada beat Jay even though Jay single-handedly main evented or sold out Madison Square Garden. <laughs> um, but they've just, they've just had a great feud for years, and obviously Jay has been gone for over a year, and he's been one of my favorite wrestlers for the last four years easily. Um, so I am very, very excited for it. Been waiting for Jay to come back to Japan forever. Um, and what a what a way to come back. But I do think Okada probably wins as much as I would love to see Jay win. Um, it just feels like Okada's kind of in the midst of one of his epic title runs. And he's frankly my wrestler of the year thus far. He's been back to 2017-18 Okada levels. And yeah, I think the Rainmaker wins, but I am very excited and would love to see Jay take it. Diesel, who you got? Uh, I'm in the same camp. I'm going with Akata. I I do love Jay White as well. I got to see him wrestle in person when he was on his excursion when he was with Ring of Honor, and he was a totally different wrestler. But there was just there was something about him that you knew that this guy was a star just waiting to break out. But I still think that there's legs to this rivalry, and I think that to keep it going, I think you have to have Akata win the match. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Obviously, uh, key notes or key dates to remember tomorrow morning, this morning, whatever you want to call it, wherever you live, uh, the the best of the Super Juniors final is on uh, NJPW World. I'm not sure what time it is. I'm debating on whether or not I'm getting up this morning because I have a double on Friday. So I'm 50-50 on it, uh, depending on how I do the rest of the night. I might get up and watch it. So look for me on Twitter at that point. Uh, And then Dominion, I believe, is the 12th. Brett, yes? I think that's right. Yeah. The 12th, uh, whatever day that is, uh, I believe it's a Saturday this year. Um, check out Dominion. Like Sunday. I said, Sunday. Okay. Sunday, June 12th. Yep. Okay. Even better. Um, check out Dominion. Obviously, we talked about the main event, and then obviously they'll add more cards to it. If you haven't watched New Japan, Stop sleeping, okay? The alarm clock is buzzing on you players, okay? Hit that bad boy. Go subscribe to New Japan. Make that shit happen, Captain. And on that lovely note, let's get to that three count. All right, so the three counts, we're going to do some WWE predictions. Um, 
Diesel, anything you want to talk about WWE wise that's on your brain? You want to bitch about something? No, I don't. I honestly don't really even pay attention anymore. I mean, I'll, I'll watch like videos uh, recapping Raw and SmackDown, but yeah. Dude, I got nothing to bitch about. I was getting ready to say, <laughs> you starting to sound like us, Brett. You like in, in that same camp? I'm assuming you you you, in, you guys I'm are like in Zach. That same boat. <laughs> you know, wake me up when some shit happens. <laughs> yeah, I basically walked away in 2018 once I wisened up and started following New Japan, and it's just so much better. But uh, yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll still I don't watch the pay per views live, but I'll go back and watch some of them, and you know, watch videos here or there. But no, I don't really have anything to bitch about. Watch these jokers wax me in the predictions. <laughs> okay. Let's start with off with something easy. There's a it's one, two, three, four, six matches on the card. We'll start with something easy. Uh let's go Austin Theory versus Mustafa Ali for the US title. Uh Diesel, I'll let you start first. Who you got? I'm gonna go with the retention of Austin Theory. He's still Vince's boy, even though Vince made this match, apparently. Um, yeah, I just think that it's not time to take the belt off of him, so Austin Theory is my pick. Brett, who you got? Um, didn't he drop the Austin, unfortunately, and he's just Theory now, which is dumb. But anyway, I am happy to see Mustafa Ali on the card after he was imprisoned, for lack of a better term, for quite a while, so I'm at least happy to see him here, And uh, but yeah, I think Theory gets the dub. Mama called it Austin, I'm going to call him Austin. Austin Theory going to retain. <laughs> Next up, we're going to go with something that I, I probably have no interest in, and most people that I know have no interest in either, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Lashley versus MVP and Omos in a handicap match. God love MVP. This motherfucker, if he gets Omos over, he's going to be on the Mount Rushmore of managers as far as I'm concerned. Somebody's going to have to get scraped off. I thought Bobby Lashley was some work. Shit, get this joker over if you can. Um, Brett, I'll let you start first. Lashley versus Omos and MVP. Who you got? Shit, I, I was initially thinking Lashley, but you may have just talked me into Omos <laughs> and MVP. So uh, I'll go with those two. Diesel, who you got? It's the WWE. It's obviously going to be Omos and MVP. They're not going to waste the chance to keep Omos strong. Yeah, I would have to agree, especially with that uh, that nonsense with uh, Bobby Lashley going through the cage. I uh was that Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns over in Saudi. I'm like, guys, 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 you already yeah. did this. Come on, man. Stop. I know, I know you think- saw Braun Strowman in the big show, too. I know you yeah. guys. I know you guys think we don't remember. Guess what? We remember. <laughs> okay, stop. We doing remember everything. everything. <laughs> In the Bill Bill Vagey, uh, I guess match of the night. I would call it that. We got Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel. If the if I had to give flowers to MVP, I got to give the same flowers to Kevin Owens. I was not a fan of this Ezekiel thing when he came back when they repackaged him. I'm just like Jesus. He's gonna be out in a couple months. This actually has a little legs. And Kevin Owens is, is like as having it make its legs. I'll go first. I'm going to take Kevin Owens just on the simple fact that I think if Ezekiel wins, it stops here. It has to keep going. The way you keep it going, Kevin Owens wins. I got KO. Diesel, who you got? I 
don't care. I, I, as far as what I know about this uh, storyline of Ezekiel, I think it's the stupidest thing ever. So just to play devil's advocate, I'm going with Ezekiel because you picked Kevin Owens. <laughs> oh, shit. Brett, you're the tiebreaker. Who you got? I will say from afar, from what I've seen, I have enjoyed this. Yeah, it may be stupid, but it is funny. And Kevin Owens, like you said, has certainly helped make it that. Gotta go KO here. He's the fucking man. See, Bill, you got another KO fan out there. Next up, we're going to go a six-man tag, or I'm sorry, a six-person mixed tag match. Finn Balor, well, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm like, let's call it what it is. Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan versus Judgment Day being Edge, um, Damian Priest, and one Rhea Ripley. Brett, I'll let you start first. Who you got? I will say I like seeing the imagery of Finn, AJ, and Liv doing the two suite together. I think it's cool that Finn and AJ are together on screen finally. Uh, but I'm going with the Judgment Day. It seems like, uh, you know, obviously that's a new group that I think they're going to want to keep giving steam to. They did lose on Monday Night Raw, which was a little, I guess, not noteworthy because if you know how WWE works. Then that means they'll win. Yeah, lose on TV, win on the pay-per-view. So, I, uh, since Brett finished my thought, I'll just go ahead and take Judgment Day. <laughs> Diesel, who you got? <laughs> I mean, I'm with the Baltias. Like, I, I don't see Judgment Day losing this match. I, they're rumored to have a new uh, member join soon, so maybe this will be the time, and maybe that'll be the reason they win, and they'll distract AJ Styles again, just like WrestleMania. <laughs> and yeah, and Bullet Club is going to be a thing in WWE. Uh, let's talk Triple Threat again. Uh, well, not again for the first time. The women's title match, we got Asuka versus Becky versus the champion Bianca Belair. In this tree of wisdom, we go least to most. So, Diesel, I will start with you. I'm pretty sure you know this drill. Let's go least likely to win to most likely to win. Uh, least likely to win is definitely Asuka. Uh, and most likely to win, I would say, Bianca. Uh, put Becky in the middle. There's a thought. that Okay, C2 Beer, I ain't forgot about you. There's a thought for you. Brett, who you got? We'll go least to most. I was going to say that, but I'll go Becky as least since she just dropped it to Bianca. I just don't think she's going to win it back from her. So then I'll go Asuka in the middle and Bianca to win. See, Zubir, I'm, I'm thinking about you, brother. See, it, it can't always be dick jokes. I'm going to agree with uh, Brett on this one. I got Becky as the least likely. I agree with the thought process to it. Um she just beat uh, Bianca just beat Becky to win the title offer. I can't see that happening. I could, however, see Oscar winning it, but I just think she's just come back. It's probably a little too soon. She might be the one eating the pen for God's sakes, which would be another story for another time. But that being said, I'm going to take Bianca Belair as my most likely to retain the WWE women's championship. And then we'll go with this as the at least the BFR main event. It is the Hell in the Cell match. Hell, it is Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, so you might as well have the Hell in the Cell match as the main event. But, you know, there is a women's titles match, so maybe that's something to be said, too. 
Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Cody Rhodes comes in, has beaten Seth twice, once clean, once with a little fuckery. Now we got the Hell in the Cell match. This has been one of my favorite builds since Cody has come back in WWE in general. It's been interesting to see how Seth has at least played nicely on storyline purposes. But now when you say storyline purposes, he's lost twice. Could he lose a third time? Brett, who you got? This is very difficult to pick for reasons you just mentioned. And I just wanted to take a quick second to make a joke that I didn't claim, but my one buddy termed hell in a cell instead of that. Heck on the deck. (laughs) (laughs) This is something that we laugh about anytime this rolls around. That's great. um, Fuck, this is tough. Like, you know, you mentioned Cody's won twice. Is Seth really going to lose for a third time? And then, you know, on the other side, they're kind of setting Cody up for a potential title run. So you need to continue heating him up. But I just can't see Seth losing three in a row. So I'm going to go Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins for Brett. Diesel, who you got? This is like the only thing I care about on this show. Mm-hmm. And I actually might go out of my way to watch it. Uh, just this match. But um, it is a very tough one because it's really hard to see them having stuff lose off the matches. But like, what kind of things did they agree on with Cody when he signs? Like, I'm pretty sure Cody had, like, all the cards. So I'm going to say Cody's winning. They're going to make Cody look super strong. And whoever beats Roman has to be super strong. So they're going to make Cody uh, a monster. I think, uh, I think Cody's winning. I had said for quite some time if Cody Rhodes was going to come back to WWE, he had to be strong and he had to be made to look as strong. So that way... If someone named Maxwell Jacob Friedman decides he wants to leave AEW in 2024, he can look over across the fence and be like, oh, damn, my boy's over there doing good. Oh, he's doing way better than he was over here. Maybe I can go over there and actually have some success. And I think they're at least setting that part up. You just, as much as I love Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins has had many incarnations of Seth, this is probably one of my favorites because it's it's just annoying enough to where you want to see him get his ass beat, but he's still such a great wrestler. Um, I would be surprised if Cody Rhodes lost this match. Um, it's got to be Cody and Roman meeting at some point, right? And like you said, Diesel, if Cody's not super strong, people won't believe so I'm going to go ahead and take Cody Rhodes on this. I'm probably wrong, but, you know, I've been wrong before on this joke on multiple occasions. So, like I said, I'll take Cody Rhodes. And on that lovely note, that is our Helen and Cell predictions. Um, I guess at this point, it's time to do some uh, offbeat, what Bill would call your odds and ends. Uh, in this case, we're going. I'd like to do something more like we did a couple weeks ago and do a go-home thought uh just whatever you want to think about, whatever you want to talk about in wrestling or in life or whatever the case may be. Um, at that point, yeah, I was going to say you can always uh, speak your mind. So, Brett, what's your go-home thought this week? Well, first off, thanks for having me. This has been awesome. And uh, finally getting the opportunity to talk a little New Japan with you was great. Because as I mentioned, we don't cover it on our show since Bo doesn't really watch. And I have to pull his arm to be watching Dynamite every week. He's coming to to Forbidden Door, yeah? 
He he is, and that's what I was going to say as well. I can't wait for Forbidden Door. Diesel, you will definitely be missed. Wish you were going to be joining us, but um, I'm just excited to be seeing this card fill out. I mean, obviously, we've got officially uh, CM Punk versus Tanahashi, which is interesting. Obviously, I'm thrilled to see that, but I, I figured Tanahashi would be facing off against Moxley, considering how much talk Moxley's had towards Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. Um reports out today that Okada might be facing Hangman, which would be awesome. They had a, one great match back in the 2018 G1 where, like, that was a match to me where I'm like, fuck, this Hangman guy's good. And then from there, we've seen it all happen. So, um, you know, this I was at All In. Diesel, I know you were there as well. And Forbidden Door just seems kind of like the natural conclusion to it and something I've been waiting for for almost four years. That might be walk-off music. <laughs> No, 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 no. I, 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 I say, yeah, right. I was gonna say, yeah, wrap it up, B. Wrap it up. Get the wrap it up. Box. Better wrap that. Get, better wrap that gavel up too, B. <laughs> That's fucking comedy, Dave. That is one of my favorite fucking Dave Chappelle skits. Ever that and what's the uh, the uh, the black Klansman the uh, blind uh, black Klansman? Yeah, yeah, the black white supremacist. Oh. <laughs> Dude. Oh, you know you can get the you can get the wrap it up box. They are available at all Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what a what a show that is! Uh, way ahead of its time. Dave Chappelle's a legend, but yeah. I'm just fired up for Forbidden Door and to get to meet you, JCB, in person and everyone else that's going because one of the highlights of last year for me definitely was Bo and I trucking up to Milwaukee to hang with Diesel, High Five Tom, and Chad. We got to go to Dynamite, an indie show, and a Reds Brewers game, so we got a lot done. And there's going to be several podcasters in Chicago that weekend that I've you know worked with before but never met in person, and I can't fucking wait. It's going to be uh, awesome, and shit, it'll be here before we know it. Yeah, no shit. I'm getting ready to say I got to ask off for that Monday because I'm not coming back that Sunday night. Ain't no way. Guys, green <laughs> no. I'm about to say, you asking for trouble, boss. Uh, Diesel, what you going home with for the week? <laughs> I am bummed that I'm not joining you guys, but like, I already had uh, a wedding that I already committed to, so it's horrible timing. They couldn't have picked like the weekend after. But what the fuck, uh, dude, goddamn, right, right. I would, I would have been there with you guys if I didn't already have to this wedding. And I, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I, I'm happy for you guys that you're going to be there, and I'll be watching it live. But like, and I am not going to lie, I'm a little jealous just because like it's going to be a blast. Because like, yeah. I've never met JCB in person before, so that'll be something that's going to happen somewhere down the road. I'm oh, sure, yeah. But. Yeah, me and High Five Tom have talked about this in some form or fashion. If if we if I'm not coming up there within the next six months to a year, we're gonna, our paths will cross. It's just it's impossible. Oh, yeah. Okay, for sure, for sure. I was getting ready to say. Plus, you but, know, uh, we got Cincinnati. Well, not Cincinnati. Well, the Reds are okay, I guess, if you want to call them a no, major league baseball terrible. team. But the Brewers <laughs> and the Cardinals, uh, you know, actually have a rivalry going on. So I mean, you know, at some point, I expect you guys to be good this year, next year. So yeah, we'll maybe come up for a yeah. Cardinals Brewers game. I can't drink Miller Lite. I'll have you a blast, dude. 
I, I was going to say. Anytime, anytime. Let me know. You, so you, you're you a Cardinals have, and Steelers fan. I, I'm everything else St. Louis, but Steelers are my team, okay? I, it was the first team I saw on TV as a kid, and it just stuck. No, that's fair. Okay. But those are my two two least favorite teams I've in all of sports. <laughs> not even really close, to be honest, but... <laughs> That's good. I'm glad I'm making friends on the way out the door. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I still got more to go, though. Uh, I wanted to ask you, too. Uh, did you pick us because you wanted a week off as well? Because we would spend super people with you. So, like, if you did, too shady you, sir. Uh, no, 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 not at all. It's <laughs> <laughs> By no means. Honestly, the, the way I thought about it and – I'll just say it real quick um, because I guess this was my go home thought because it leads into good cop, bad cop. Uh, obviously I've been on good cop, bad cop twice. I've been on a uh, view from the top rope twice. Uh, not since have I haven't been on since you guys turned 2.0. No, no, we haven't. I, so. I think we've, we've only had Mike on since we've turned 2.0. It was a super toxic episode. Ooh. Oh, I bet. That, that sounds like something <laughs> to listen to. Um, and obviously, uh, Bray Buster boys are like the, uh, the hot new podcast on, uh, visionary gold media you know they got their own damn sponsor and uh manscape i know i'm stepping on your toes brett but i'll let you uh, do that in the 30 seconds so in that scenario i was like okay let's get the hot podcast let's get the guys that i owe one to i'm never sure if uh graham or matt can record during the day as it stands right now it is what six or i'm sorry it's five almost 5 45 central standard time so i'm not sure what the time difference is it was just easier in this scenario to do somebody that's in the states so to speak but well, I guess I'm that's very my happy home to talk. know that we were your second choice. <laughs> you were the first choice, <laughs> motherfucker. They were the second. Bray Buster Boys were the second <laughs> that's choice. That's not what you're saying right now. No. You're saying you were going to take Good Cop, Bad Cop over us. No, 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 no. They were the, okay, if, if you really want to be, the, if you want me to be the heel, this is me being the heel. You were the first choice. Brain Buster Boys was the second. Good Cop, Bad Cop was the third. There you go. I'm the heel. There you go. Uh, so I'm I'm the king of VGM. Then. <laughs> I, I think know, so. I was about to say, I don't know about all that. I'm going to say, I know I'm not going to be on good cop, oh, bad cop anytime soon. <laughs> it was just how I thought it could work out. I love everybody, <laughs> damn it. I'm trying to get us all in one podcast. You see this shit happening, right? Stop getting me in trouble, Diesel. This is <laughs> All right, let's plug your podcast. Uh, Brett, go first. Diesel, you're going to waste it. You should go over here throwing me underneath the bus. Brett, give us your podcast, give us your socials, all that good stuff. Where can we find you? Yes, we are the Brain Buster Boys, myself and my partner, Bo, which if you haven't listened to our show, our kind of thing was he was not a wrestling fan at all, and I broke him in and made him one, so he kind of gives that unique casual fan perspective and he's also just a very funny person and we've had a lot of characters and storylines on our show that he writes a lot of the scripts and uh, we have a ton of fun but we are part of the visionaries global media network so you can find us through there on all major podcasting platforms and we also have our own feed under brain buster boys um Twitter at Brainbuster Boys, Instagram at Brainbuster Boys, although I haven't posted in a while. YouTube Brainbuster Boys. Um, yeah, check us out. We have a lot of fun. 
So I'm, I'm guessing any place to look is just basically brainbuster boys. For sure. <laughs> Diesel, get plug your show, baby. Where can we find you? Now uh, we're on VFTR 2.0. Me and Chad, and yeah, we drop every Thursday. We're okay. Like we're we're no brainbuster boys, <laughs> but I mean we're okay. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> You guys are great. We're also we also run the network too. So if you're listening and you want to have a podcast on our network, we have openings. Like basically, all you have to do is send in your podcast, and be like, dude, you're you're hired. Like <laughs> I had to search out, I had to Unless search out Rainbuster Boys, and then it was almost like. I, they wanted to sign like an ironclad contract and I'm just like, dude, I don't care. Do whatever you want. Your show. <laughs> yeah, I wanted I wanted big like like big shows ironclad contract. My <laughs> <laughs> okay. first interaction with Brett was discussing the terms and like I'm like, oh this is gonna be fun. But uh <laughs> Okay, so, anyways, see, so more if so... you want to join the network, send your podcast to visionaries global media at gmail dot com. I'll I'll get in touch with you and we'll uh, put you on. It doesn't have to be about wrestling either. It can be about grilled cheese. I don't care anything. <laughs> I mean, there is a line though, and if you cross that line, we're not we're definitely not airing you. But you know what that line is. That's Comedy Central. See, another reason why I had you on. You're the boss. Why would I not have the boss on? Sorry, go, yeah. good cop, bad cop. It's my bad. I know I'm going to be suspended for the next 30 days or some shit, whatever you want to throw me underneath the bus for, underneath the bus for, but got to have the boss on on this one. He upsold the shit. You know, it puts the little coins in the maze pocket for someone to go off to graduation in college someday. So on that lovely note, let's start to get up out of here. This is the Bayford. Oh, no. <laughs> that was the one time I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> well everybody I know there's tons of podcasts you listen to so thank you for listening to ours uh, for Diesel uh, you from the top rope for Brett Brainbuster Boys for Bill Veggy for uh, Two Beer Zach Pullman for Lucha Chris for Patriot Pat for Bo thanks for the AKA always remember oh for the tag team champion of cats Billy and Lucifer they've been awfully quiet so I gotta go figure out what the fuck they're doing always remember support your local drug dealers support your local restaurants Black Lives Matter and everybody remember Boo the fucking heels, bitch!